I'm Jack Kropp, and this is Sharing Recovery Radio. We're here to spread the message that there, there is the chance to recover. People do recover. There's help for anyone that wants to recover. There's help for family members. There's help for the addicts. There's help for everyone. If you want help, call me, 570-881-5825. But to those of you listening today, I need help. And why do I need help? Well, my guest, Vance Johnson, hasn't called in yet, so... I'm the host and the guest right at this moment. If anybody wants to talk about recovery, if anybody has questions about recovery, please call me, 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. If I don't get any phone calls, I'm just going to tell you my story. And um, I've, I've shared my story before, and, and I'm more than happy to share it again. September 16th, God willing, I will celebrate 20 years in recovery. But it hasn't been Cadillacs and caviar. You know, my my story is not one of, oh, well, everything was real easy. My story's been a rocky road for me and for my family. You know, I, I started to drink at a very young age. I started to drink when I was eight years old. And and I didn't realize that what I was doing was just killing feelings. And, and I didn't realize that alcohol was going to become... The majority of my life, you know, it would take over and it would be more important to me than anything. It would be more important than going to college. It would be more important than high school. It would be more important than jobs, careers, more important than family. Alcohol became my life. So I started to drink when I was eight years old, continued to drink. I remember getting to college and saying to myself, Wow, this is great. There's no parents here. Now I can do whatever I want. And I did. And what I did was I made a mess. I made a mess of everything I touched. I made a mess of everybody I came in contact with. So that's how my story started. Now I see the phone line is ringing. Is there a question or somebody on there that would like to talk to me? Because I'm willing to talk to anybody that's here. So... I think I pushed this button. This show is a mess today. Hold on. This is Jack. This is Sharing Recovery. Hi, this is Emily. I'm just calling to say that um, I really appreciate your show, and I've been getting a lot from it. And um, I'm trying to get sober right now, and it really helps me out a lot. Well, Emily, how old are you? I'm 25. Yeah, if you don't mind telling us, what's your drug of choice? Um, pills. All right, now how did that happen? How did you get started, Emily? Um, I was in a car accident and they were prescribed to me and then I started abusing them. All right. So how is life now? Are, 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 is it tough, Emily? Are you struggling? Yeah, it's like, I'll get like a couple days here and there, but then I just can't keep it together. All right. Well, you know, there's help for anyone, Emily. And do you want to go get some treatment help? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Do you have any kind of insurance? Um, no, I don't. All right. Now, that's an interesting question because I bet there's lots of people listening that are saying, I'd like to have help, but I don't have insurance. I don't have any way to pay for treatment. If you want help, call me. I will find you treatment whether you have insurance, whether you don't have insurance, whether you have money, you don't have money. There is help available. And, Emily, I'm glad you called and said this. And I'm glad you're reaching out. What I'd like you to do is call me after this show, 570 881 5825, and I'll find some place for you to go, and I'll get you some help if you want it. All right? Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Emily. I'll talk to you after the show. All right, talk to you then. All right, so as I was saying, that uh, my, my alcoholism, my alcoholic life started when I was eight years old. And uh, I said I got to college, and, and I didn't, I just thought it was the greatest thing since soft ice cream because now it's just me. I can do whatever I want. There's no parents. There's no supervision. And alcohol took over my life. And so I drop out of college. I move back to the Wyoming Valley. And my father, my father had no clue what to do with me. He just, he was totally lost. My mother also drank. My mother drank every day of the week. I don't know if she was an alcoholic, but she died at 62 years old, so... I don't know what happened to her. But my father gave me everything he could 
he gave me a business, he'd give me a car, he'd give you money, he'd give me anything he could, but my father didn't have the tools to deal with alcoholism. I don't know if my father ever said the word alcoholism or alcoholic. But I just I just know that I I continued to take advantage of my father, of my family, of anybody I could. And one day I, I, I met um I met my wife and pretty soon I was taking advantage of her and I was taking advantage of her family and her father. Her father was the most generous man on the face of the earth. I took advantage of him. And sometime in the mid-80s, my father-in-law said to me, um, you want to be in your own business, I'll help you get started. And that's what he did. I started a landscaping company in the, in the mid-80s, in 85 or 86. And I was off to the races because now I was the boss. My ego just, my ego loved it. I owned this company. So I fueled my ego every day with alcohol. And alcohol became the answer to every question I had. Work-related, business-related, alcohol. Drink more. And while I was doing this, I was causing trouble and I was making a mess. And eventually, my, my wife said to me in um, 1997, you need some help. And uh, she called a family friend, a friend of hers, and said, George, uh, Jack needs help. A local treatment center called me a little while later, and I, they said, you want help? I said, sure. I asked them a couple of questions, which I didn't like the answers I got, and I told them, I'll call you back next week. I have some things to straighten out. That was in 90, 1997, and in 1998, my wife said to me, get help or get out. And that's when my life started to change. Um I did get, I, I, I decided that I had to do something to get my wife off my back. And I decided I would go to a recovery meeting. And we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, I will start to tell you about recovery, where it started for me, and, and what it's like today. So we'll be right back, I think. For over 35 years, fitness headquarters in Wilkesbury and Dixon City has been supplying the area with vitamins, supplements, fitness equipment from rehabilitation to athletic performance. A knowledgeable staff on hand can get you on the right path to your recovery with the proper supplements and vitamins. Let the professionals at fitness headquarters get you on the path to feeling good and getting healthy. Fitness headquarters are proud sponsors of sharing recovery. Fitness headquarters, Dixon City and Wilkesbury. Get into a healthy you through recovery. Stop suffering from substance abuse. Silver Pines Treatment Center of Mahanoy City believes in providing home-like living conditions in a peaceful and serene setting, a professional staff on hand to help you with this life-changing experience. Get into a healthy you at Silver Pines Treatment Center, 5 White Owl Drive in Mahanoy City. Call them at 855-662-1319 or visit silverpinestreatmentcenter.com. When you're hurt or in trouble, you need a capable, determined, and experienced lawyer on your side. That attorney is Jason Mattioli. Attorney Jason Mattioli is a highly regarded and professional lawyer who understands sometimes good people wind up in trouble. He will defend you to the end and provide you with the guidance you need to get your life back. Attorney Mattioli is located at 700 Vine Street in Scranton. Call 570-961-1616. 570-961-1616. One six one six.
Okay, I'm back. This is Jack. This is Sherry and Recovery Radio. If you want help, the number is 570-881-5825. If you want to call in and talk to me on this show or ask questions, the number is 570-883-0098. So as I started to say right before the break, you know, I ended up walking into a recovery meeting. And um, I remember looking around that first day um, and thinking, what am I doing here? You know, he, uh, I, I saw people that I knew and I knew where they were from. I mean, and I said, I'm just not like these people. I own a business. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not a criminal. At least I wasn't then in my mind. So I, I looked around and there was an older man there that I actually came to know and respect. I actually ended up liking him. His name was Jimmy. And he was chairing this meeting and he and he looked around and said, Is there anybody new or here for the first time? And I had no idea what the protocol of this meeting was. So I, I stood up and said my name and said I thought I was an alcoholic. And he everybody said, Welcome. We sat down and we sat through this first meeting. And at the end of that first meeting, a guy named uh, Sammy Ag said to me, um, just, just don't drink and come back tomorrow. And for the past 20 years, that's the only thing I've done right every single day of the week is not drink and come back tomorrow. So if we hold on a minute here, there's some calls coming in, it looks like. So let me interrupt my story and talk to Ann from Wilkesbury. Hold on. This is Jack. This is Sharing Recovery. Hi. I was just calling because I was wondering about Al-Anon. And, like, I know some people that are in it, and I was just wondering about it. And if you could help me out. You were wondering about Al-Anon? Yes. I have a um, stepfather that drinks a lot. Um so I was wondering if you could help me out with information about it. I'm a little scared to, like, put myself out there and go. Okay. Um, recovery on the family side. There are there are recovery programs on the family side. And we try, for the purposes of anonymity, we probably not to talk about them specifically. But okay. there is a family program. That family program is based on the 12 steps, just like the recovery side is. And that 12 steps in the family side helps a person or a family member understand and deal with what is going on with their loved one that's in active addiction or in recovery. When you spend time, when you go to a family program meeting, they will help you understand that it's not your fault. It's not your fault you have an alcoholic or a drug addict in the family. They help you understand how to deal with alcoholics and drug addicts that are active. It gives you the tools to cope with life, the life you have as a result of having an active addict in your family. Now, and after the show, if you'd like to call my number, 570-881-5825, I'll be more than happy to give you more information and a meeting list. All right? Okay, thank you so very much. You were so helpful. Thank sure. you for having this show. Sure. Line two, it looks like we have Stacy from Dallas. Stacy, go ahead. Hi, Jack. Uh, I look forward to your wisdom each week. And, you know, I, I'm really struggling with my son. I've had him in rehab a few times now, and he keeps relapsing. And I'm not really sure what to do with him anymore. And I just want to know how long does it take before it sticks? Uh, there is no answer to that question, Stacy. I mean, if I had the answer to that question, I'd be at the Mayo Clinic. I wouldn't be doing this show. Um, the, the answer is a person will get, get clean and sober when, when they're ready. And everybody's timeline of recovery is different. I can't tell you that, um, I can't tell you when a person's ready. I know people that have gone into recovery and never drank or used again from the first day. I walked into a recovery meeting and haven't had a drink since. I also know other people that have been in recovery 15 times and they're still trying. The answer is don't give up. Please don't give up on your friend five minutes before the miracle is going to happen. Keep working with them. Keep trying. If you want my help, call me. 
570-881-5825. Okay? Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Thanks. for helping. Yep. So like I was saying before we had those two calls that uh, I ended up walking into a recovery meeting. And no, I haven't had a drink uh, since that first day. And, and that's by the grace of God. But that doesn't mean that life turned into Cadillacs and caviar. I've, uh, I've had a rocky road in recovery. And, and that's okay because I truly believe I have a higher power and the higher power had a plan for me. And, and this road that I've, I've taken is, is part of the plan. So I, I go to that, that first uh, recovery meeting, and it was just suggested that I, I, I not drink and come back and, tomorrow. And, and by the grace of God, Sammy Ag took me to a meeting the next day. And I've continued to go to those meetings for almost 20 years now. What I didn't do, what I failed to do in the beginning and for a long time was I failed to surrender. I failed to admit that I was powerless over alcohol. I failed to admit that my life was a mess. And I continued to make messes even without alcohol. I continued to live a, a, a life that was destructive. It was destructive to me. It was destructive to my family. It was destructive to all the people around me. So I, I didn't know I wasn't humble enough to surrender. I thought I was powerful. I thought I could handle this. All right, take the alcohol away and everything will be fine. That wasn't the case. You take the alcohol away and all you have is an alcoholic that doesn't drink alcohol. You do not have a person who's in recovery. Recovery starts when I start to surrender. When I start to work those 12 steps in that recovery program, that's when life can start to get better. For me, it took a long time. It took eight, nine years. While not drinking, I ended up going to prison. Went to prison for things I did that were wrong. I did them. Because I still thought I was the most powerful I was all power. I could do what I wanted, and I'll do it my way. I, I had no idea that not drinking and being sober were two different things. So I went to prison the first time. I spent 15 months in the state of New York. And while I was there, obviously I didn't drink. But while I was there, I, I, I was angry. I felt sorry for myself. And I blamed other people. I, I blamed um, the people I had worked with. I blamed um, I blamed everybody but myself for my being there. And while I was in prison, I felt sorry for me. I, I, I wasn't thinking about my wife, my children. I wasn't thinking about uh, I wasn't thinking about anybody. I thought about me. I'd call home and cry. I didn't think about the fact they were here without a father, without a husband, without somebody to support them. So, eight years, let's go back. So, I go to prison, I come home, and now, I don't know, it's like 2008. So, I haven't had a drink in eight years. And um, a guy said to me one day, he said, why don't we go have a coffee? And I said, yeah, okay, sure. And he handed me $20, and he said, why don't you go drink? Because you don't want to be in recovery and you're making your life worse by by going through life not drinking and not being in recovery and I was offended by that so I went to see another person in recovery and said uh, here's what happened and he said well that, that guy was right you're, you're not really working a program of recovery and if you want to get better you've got to do it our way our way meaning the recovery way so Somewhere around 2008, I started to surrender. And I started to give in, and I started to change my life. That came very slowly. And again, everybody's recovery is their own. 
And I'm certain that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And this was the way God wanted me to travel the recovery road. But I started to work slowly at recovering. Sometime in 2009, I guess, um, I read something that, and I had read it many more, I had read it lots of times, but in 2009, I read something called Dr. Bob's Prescription. Dr. Bob's Prescription, and Dr. Bob and, and Bill Wilson were the founders of the recovery program that I participate in. And Dr. Bob wrote this prescription. And the prescription says, trust God, clean house, and help others. And that day when I read that, it, it struck me differently than it had ever struck me before. Because it took recovery and put it into three simple sentences. That made it easy for me because I, I, need, I need things to be simple. And I started to work with that prescription for my own recovery sometime around that time. And now life is going okay. I mean, I'm starting to participate. I'm starting to surrender. I've got a job. I'm doing what I can to help my family. And in 2011, um, I find out that I'm going to have to pay for some things that I did in 2001, I think, 2000. I end up going to federal prison for five months. And again, I, I, I slid backwards while I was there and I felt sorry for myself. I only, I was again thinking about me and, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a pretty prominent guy in the recovery world around here in the Northeastern Pennsylvania named John Knowles. And I used to call John Knowles almost every day. And I'd say to John Knowles, um, you know, I, I give him my two and a half or three minute spiel, whatever he'd let me wine for a cup for that time and he'd say to me why don't you find some gratitude and he'd hang up and I'd go back to my cell and I'd, I'd kick the ground and I'd cry and I'd whine and then I'd think about what he said and, and that was a major help to me while I was there we're going to take another break and we'll be back in a couple of seconds and I'll tell you more of the story Get into a healthy youth through recovery. Stop suffering from substance abuse. Silver Pines Treatment Center of Mahanoy City believes in providing home-like living conditions in a peaceful and serene setting, a professional staff on hand to help you with this life-changing experience. Get into a healthy you at Silver Pines Treatment Center, 5 White Owl Drive in Mahanoy City. Call them at 855-662-1319 or visit silverpinestreatmentcenter.com. For over 35 years, Fitness Headquarters in Wilkesbury and Dixon City has been supplying the area with vitamins, supplements, fitness equipment from rehabilitation to athletic performance. A knowledgeable staff on hand can get you on the right path to your recovery with the proper supplements and vitamins. Let the professionals at Fitness Headquarters get you on the path to feeling good and getting healthy. Fitness Headquarters are proud sponsors of Sharing Recovery. Fitness Headquarters, Dixon City and Wilkesbury. When you're hurt or in trouble, you need a capable, determined, and experienced lawyer on your side. That attorney is Jason Mattioli. Attorney Jason Mattioli is a highly regarded and professional lawyer who understands sometimes good people wind up in trouble. He will defend you to the end and provide you with the guidance you need to get your life back. Attorney Mattioli is located at 700 Vine Street in Scranton. Call 570-961-1616. 570-961-1616.
I'm Jack. This is Sharing Recovery Radio. Um, our guest, Vance Johnson, must have had technical difficulties because I haven't heard from him yet. So I'm filling this time with my own story. Um, you know, Jack, I um, I just met you today, and I wanted to say this is just a great show. Um, I wish I had listened to it before, but uh, I actually had questions about myself, if that was okay. Go ahead. Let me let's, uh, um, let's do it. Well, I've always had, like, um, an addictive personality, I think. Um, when I, I didn't start drinking until I was, like, 18, and then I was drunk for, like, the next 10 years, like, straight. I was I would take off Mondays because um, there wasn't a drink special, okay? I was, I was drunk for everything, and people liked me better when I was drunk. I mean, it was like, it was like I was a different person because me, normal, I'm anal and I'm all about details and, and I'm kind of like, you know, j just making sure everything's right and, and it's place. But drunk me is like, hey, let's go have a party. You know, I, I call him uh, Wild Turkey Jim. He's like my alter ego. And he, he still comes out sometimes. Um, but when I stopped drinking, um, and, and this is the part that is weird for me, um, I was in an alley with my friend and I was drinking a bottle of vodka and smoking a cigarette. And I looked at both of those things and I said, I don't want this anymore. And the, the cigarette tasted bad and the vodka tasted bad. And I just, that was it. That was the last time um, I had drank since then, but I never really got hammered like that. Um, I just kind of gave it up, but I replaced it with, you know, I started having anxiety issues. So the doctor would give me like Xanax and I noticed I was taking more of them than I should have. It was just the thing, but I'm like this with everything with, uh, with Tylenol. Like I know I overdo it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, oh, I might have a headache maybe. So I'll take that. And I think that's all of like an addictive personality. And I've never had to go to recovery or anything like that because I've stopped before that, but I keep replacing it with other things. And I've always just wondered if that is, you know, is that going to come back to bite me eventually? Or what do you do with that? Well, you really didn't ask, ask me a, a question, but I'll answer it anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Addiction is addiction. And, and whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, sex, work, exercise those people that you said liked you better when you were drunk it's not about them what what you really just said then is you weren't able to cope with you didn't know you you didn't know who you really are and, and 20 years into this i'm still working on who am i you know and i work on it on a daily basis now trying to improve me so those things you're talking about you do to get out of you that every addicts have a black hole, I call it. And, and that black hole is a lack of, of self-esteem, you know, kind of issues about self-issues. So what do they do to deal with those self-issues? They drink, they do drugs, they smoke cigarettes, they run laps around the, the park. So as an addict, I have to become comfortable with me. I, love starts with me. I have to love myself. When I used to walk in bars and throw 500 bucks on the bar, I wasn't doing that for those people in that bar. I didn't go into a bar because I loved everybody and wanted to spend my money on them. I did it to make me feel good because I needed the people to say, Jack's here. I needed the pat on the back. I needed to be the center of attention in every bar I ever went in. It used to drive my wife crazy. We walk into... Real nice places, you know, upscale places. We go for dinner with other people. Immediately, I had to get to that bar, and I had to start buying people drinks that I've never seen before, I've never seen again, solely so they could look at me and say, who's the big deal? And that's what's wrong with addicts. They have a low self-esteem issue. They aren't comfortable with themselves. So I have to work on loving me first. Last week on this show, I believe, or maybe two weeks ago, I mentioned that a guy named Peter Amato told me, when I first stopped drinking, when I first came to recovery, Peter Amato told me, there's only two things in this world you have to know about, love and fear. Okay, well, what I've, I thought he was crazy that day. I walked away from that meeting with him shaking my head, what is he talking about? Today I know that is the answer. There is only love and fear. Back then, when I was drunk, just like when you were drunk, when you're doing those things, you're afraid what are you afraid of? You're afraid of people not liking you. You're afraid of what people think about you. You're afraid you're not good enough to be in that group of people. So what do you do? You put on a show. You buy drinks. You buy people drugs. You know, you, you act like the big deal in the room. And when I say you, I'm referring to me. That's what I did. I, I made a, a spectacle of myself in every situation 
to overcome the fear I had of not being good enough. Today, I understand that I've got to love me first, and I've got to love the me that I am. I, 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 I just recently, somebody asked me, who are you? I couldn't answer that question. 20 years in recovery, and I can't really say, who am I? Because maybe I haven't worked hard enough on myself, and maybe that's where I've got to go now and explore who am I. So that's what, that's what, if I don't know if that answer makes any sense to you, but that that's where I'm at today. That the the long answer is you didn't know who you don't know who you are, and how do you cover that up? Drugs and alcohol, exercise, going fast in your car, whatever it is, addiction can take any form. You know, I I've often felt that the you know the cat lady down the street with the thirty five cats is doing that because. She needs the affection of cats. And what and what is addiction? Essentially, it's a disease of more. I have to have more no matter what. So I hope that helps with your question. And if anybody else is listening, 570-883-0098. Call me and I'll do the best I can with what I have to answer your questions. When I left federal prison, which was in... Um, February of 2012, I believe, I came home to a different life. And, and when I say a different life, um, it is then that I, I really started to think about recovery and think about helping others. And the, the, I got a call one day from uh, a, a, the same guy who wanted to give me $20 to go drink. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, what do you mean, what am I doing? I sit on the couch. He said, well, you've been talking about gambling a lot. I said, well, I like college basketball. He said, yeah. He said, well, I'm cross-addicted, of course, gambling and alcohol. I'm probably three-way addicted. If you know me, I'm probably addicted to Twinkies, too, or Tasty Cakes. So he said, why don't you come see me? I, I, want, you to, I want you to come to work up here and and." and transport patients to and from a, a, a treatment center. And of course, my first answer was no. You know, no, that's not for me. That's beneath me. That, that I don't do stuff like that. Because, you know, at the time, I, I was a partner in a trucking company and was doing well. And no, I, I don't do stuff like that. But somewhere, somehow, God had a plan. And I ended up going to work at that treatment center doing transportation. And I got to meet a lot of people coming and going from treatment. And something changed in my life. Something, something occurred that now I'm starting to think about other people. And we go back to Dr. Bob's prescription, you know, trust God, clean house, and help others. All of a sudden, I'm helping others, and I'm starting to like it. Now, let's back up a little bit. Trusting God, I, I think most, just about everybody listening to this show at some point in life has trusted God or believed in God or, or a higher power, something greater than myself. So that was easy for me. You know, you asked, I asked myself the question, is there or isn't a God? If there isn't a God, then go do what you want and, and life's going to be a mess. If there is a God, now trust him. Trust that God will do whatever he has to do to help you get through any situation. So if I let God worry about me and I trust God to help me, then what do I do with my time? I help others. And, and that is the basic premise of recovery is to help others. It's not to worry about Jack. It's not to worry about my next job, my next what, where's the next good time? It's not about that. Recovery, the recovery is, is a three-pronged fork. Trust in God, cleaning house, and helping others. All right, so what's cleaning house? Cleaning house is I have to have people in my life that know everything about me, that they know every secret, they know everything I do, they know everything I say. They need to know that so they can help guide me. I can't make decisions on my own. We go, we go back to 1998 when I quit drinking. 
if maybe if I had said to somebody later today, I'm going up to Binghamton, New York. I'm getting off 81. I'm going to stand on the side of the road. I'm going to hand the guy an envelope full of cash. Now, I'm not drinking, but somehow in my mind, that wasn't such a bad thing to do. Maybe if I had told somebody else that I could have avoided a lot of the aggravation I put myself and my family through. But I didn't. I didn't. I made that decision on my own. I thought that was okay. It was okay to pay kickbacks on construction projects because that's just normal business. Well, apparently it wasn't. If I had just told somebody that, maybe it would have maybe life would have turned out differently. That being said, this is the life God wanted for me to have. This is the road God wanted me to travel. And today I'm very happy I went through all that. I'm not happy I went to prison. I'm not happy that my wife and children cried every day. I'm not happy my wife after being a a stay-at-home mom, raising our kids by herself because I was drunk every day, that she now had to go out and get a job to do both parts of this. She had to still raise the children. Now she has to go to work, too, because I'm sitting in jail. And I think I have it bad. I'm in prison where there are no worries in prison. I, I mean, you eat, you sleep, and... You do some menial task. I mean, but my wife had it harder than I did. My children had it harder than I did. My youngest daughter, you know, didn't speak to me for the majority of the time that I was in prison. I come home, I'm mad at her. What? I'm mad at her for not talking to me? What about taking responsibility for whatever? I got myself in prison. My children didn't get me in prison. So I got off on this tangent, but... The, the point is you have to have somebody that you're willing to talk to, that you're willing to tell all the thing that goes on in your head about. You know, it, it's uh, there are two or three people in my life right now that know everything that goes on in my mind. Some of them don't want to know because some of the stuff that goes on in my mind is just, is just outlandish. I mean, it's just crazy. In fact, um, I share on a regular basis that what goes on in my head is like a, a fantasy island. It's like a TV show. And, and most people don't, they just can't even imagine. So that's, that's a very, you got to clean house. You got to talk to somebody, tell them what's going on. And helping others is, is the mission. That is what God wants me to do. God wants me to help other people as often as I can, as much as I can. And for the last segment of this show, when we come back from this break, We're going to talk about helping others. Be right back. This is WYLK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet Buick GMC, online at SherwoodChevrolet.com. When you're hurt or in trouble, you need a capable, determined, and experienced lawyer on your side. That attorney is Jason Mattioli. Attorney Jason Mattioli is a highly regarded and professional lawyer who understands sometimes good people wind up in trouble. He will defend you to the end and provide you with the guidance you need to get your life back. Attorney Mattioli is located at 700 Vine Street in Scranton. Call 570-961-1616. For over 35 years, Fitness Headquarters in Wilkesbury and Dixon City has been supplying the area with vitamins, supplements, fitness equipment from rehabilitation to athletic performance. A knowledgeable staff on hand can get you on the right path to your recovery with the proper supplements and vitamins. Let the professionals at Fitness Headquarters get you on the path to feeling good and getting healthy. Fitness Headquarters are proud sponsors of Sharing Recovery. Fitness Headquarters, Dixon City and Wilkes-Barre. Get into a healthy you through recovery. Stop suffering from substance abuse. Silver Pines Treatment Center of Mahanoy City believes in providing home-like living conditions in a peaceful and serene setting. Professional staff on hand to help you with this life-changing experience. Get into a healthy you at Silver Pines Treatment Center, 5 White Owl Drive in Mahanoy City. Call them at 855-662-1319 or visit silverpinestreatmentcenter.com.
I'm Jack, and this is Sherry Recovery Radio. Uh, we're back, and there's a few minutes left, and we're going to talk about helping others. Uh, we, first of all, if you want to call in and ask me some questions in this last couple of minutes, it's 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. So, in 2012, I went to work at... Clearbrook, which is a, a drug and alcohol treatment center here in northeastern Pennsylvania. And I wasn't sure what it was going to be like because I, I had never been in this environment before. It started out slow. Uh, and it started out with a lot of uncertainty. But as time went by, I really started to enjoy it. I really started to enjoy meeting people that were coming into treatment, meeting people that were going home from treatment. I, I really did. I, and I saw a whole different point of view to recovery because prior to that, it was simply for me, go, go to a meeting go home, and go do whatever I do. I, I, I never stopped thinking about me. I never stopped, uh, I never stopped being selfish. And, you know, uh, I, I told a friend last night that I didn't realize how selfish a person I was. And I never realized how my being selfish affected everyone around me. And, and it still does today. And there are days that, that I can still be selfish, and, and I think everyone can. But when, when I'm in a bad mood for some reason, I, I'm in a bad mood because I'm not getting what I want, or I'm not, I'm not having things my way. Well, my bad mood affects everybody. It affects my wife. It affects my children. It affects the people I work with. It affects people, other people at, at the recovery meetings I go to. And I didn't, I, I truly did not understand that, I didn't understand the phrase, you have to give it away to keep it. Because life was always about me and me getting what I wanted. So in, in, in 2012, I started, uh, I, I started working at this treatment center. And that transporting patients evolved into me helping uh me helping other people get into treatment. And, and I still do that today. So if there's somebody out there listening that, that needs help, that's why I keep telling you my phone number. You can call me, uh, 570-881-5825. You call me after the show, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about how to get into a treatment program. So as I said, in, in 2012, I went to work at, at Clearbrook and I, I enjoyed every minute of it, and, and I really enjoyed the people, the people that worked there. The majority of them were in recovery. The people that were there to get help. The people that came there, and, and, and one time they 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 got a you know they got a grip on things. They they took right to a recovery like a duck does to water. There are other people that takes fifteen times in treatment before they get it. And I stayed I stayed there until. Uh, April of this year. So in April of this year, I, I changed career, changed locations, and I went to work for, and I am with today, uh, Silver Pines, which is a treatment center in Mahanoy City, just below Hazleton. And I am still doing that today, helping others. And, and that has become my daily mission. And the more I help others, the less I think about me. And the less I think about me, the better I feel. So, I, every day of the week, you wake up, you say, thank you, God, for letting me sober again. That's the first thing. That, you got to thank God. I've got to be grateful that I am sober. And as I start the day, I, I'm, you know, everybody talks about, well, start the day with prayer. But I'm a God talker. 
And and what I like to do is I just like to keep talking to God throughout the day and, and going over things. When I can when I can stay focused and keep talking to God are the days that go real smooth. The days that I stop talking to God are the days that go bad because then Jack's in charge again. And Jack being in charge is nothing but an absolute disaster. It just doesn't work. So that that's how those that 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 three prong fork works on a daily basis. Trusting God, God will get me through anything. God will get me through the good. God will get me through the bad. If God puts me, just like today, I mean, why Vance Johnson didn't call in, I don't know. But apparently, it was God's plan today for me to talk and just share what I am sharing. Maybe there's somebody out there listening right now that wouldn't have heard this otherwise. Maybe there's somebody right now thinking, maybe I should call in, 883-0098. Call in and talk to me. Call in and with your question. Call in and tell me what you're thinking. But that, that, that's, what, that's what this is about for me. It is about giving to others. So helping others doesn't have to be getting somebody into a treatment program. Helping others can be, you know, just... A smile, you know, a handshake, a pat on the back, just holding a door for somebody. And I, I have a dear friend who, uh, she, her whole life is helping others. I mean, that's, I, I don't know anybody that helps more people than she does. And she was a guest on this show a few weeks ago, and and the things that she has done just are amazing. But I also know that she's she's one of the happiest people I know, and her happiness comes from. And it's not just helping people in recovery. She helps people with dementia. She helps people. She likes helping with dogs. She she right now Sunday afternoon she's probably at the Humane Society volunteering with dogs. But that's that's how we feel better about ourselves if we can if we can come to embrace loving others, and by loving others we help them, then then we can recover. So. This uh, this hour, which is there's still a few minutes to go here, but I just I'll wonder today. I'll leave here thinking, why did this go this way? Why why didn't the guest call in? Why was I why was I doing this by myself today? And you know what? As as the clock approached uh, two o'clock and the phone wasn't ringing and I and I sent Vance Johnson a text and he didn't answer. You know what the first thing that happened was? I got fearful. I started to be afraid. How am I going to get through an hour by myself, by, by just sharing what goes on in my head? Well, I don't know, but, you know, 2 o'clock came and, and 3 o'clock will come, and this hour will end. And I actually would like to just say that anybody listening, say a prayer for Vance Johnson. I know yesterday when I was talking to him or Friday when I was talking to him, one of his kids was sick. For all I know, one of his children got real sick and he's in a hospital somewhere. And I don't know that. I, I don't know what's going on in his life right now, but I do know this. It's okay. Everything is fine. Everything's fine on this end. And I hope everything is okay on his end. So that, uh, I've often said that I wish people all people could live the steps of recovery, whether they're in recovery or not in recovery, whether they're addicts or not addicts, that the 12 steps of recovery are just truly a model for living life, that it's just an exceptional way to live life. And that prescription that Dr. Bob wrote reduces those 12 steps to those, to those three easy lines. Trust God help others, and clean house. Now, there's somebody calling in right now, so let us um, let me put this headset back. We lost them. Um, I don't know who that was, but thank you for reaching out. Um, so is there anybody out there listening that has one last question or one last comment? This show will run through the end of October, uh, through the beginning of October. The first week in October will be the last show and I'm not sure that we're going to come back for another season. Uh, it is it is hard for to find guests. It's hard for people to commit to this. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So we need the, 
we need support. We need, I need some help with this. And it looks like there's, uh, well, the phone lines are lit up, but there's Adam calling. Let's, let me give Adam the last minute or so here. Adam, this is, this is I just, uh, heard, uh, the last bit of your show, but, um, you know, I think some of with the question that you have about people not calling up and stuff, I think it's the certain stigma that society places on the addict, you know, and, and a lot of the people that don't understand what the addict goes through. Like, I think if people attend family-to-family meetings, they could see a different point of light and a different point of view. Like, I come from a family where um, my brothers and sisters are an addict, but me, I'm, a, I'm still in recovery. And every day I look at it as, you know, that's one more step that God gave me to a new day. And I, I'm a big believer in the recovery Bible if um, there's an addict that's trying to find words with God. And um, the recovery Bible kind of just uh, dumbs it down a little bit for us to understand the words of God. And um, I, I'm just grateful for every day because... When I was using, I was just an outer shell of myself. And, you know, people people need to realize that people do change and people do get better. And, you know, our society needs to start looking at it in a different point of view. And, but the rehabs I see with a uh, problem with that is when I tried getting into rehabs, they had month waiting lists. And I, there was actually a time I had to place myself into a hospital just so I could get myself away from the substance. Adam, to get, me, we're, we're out of time, Adam. Thank you for calling. Call me on my uh, cell phone, Adam. All right. Uh, thank you.